Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in South Florida, it's time for South Florida Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of South Florida Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. So you better have your pencil and paper ready to go and take some notes because we have with us today Eric Coffey with GovCon Giants. Welcome, Eric. Hey, Lee. How are you today? Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I am so excited to learn what you're up to and and share this great information with our listeners because I think it is super important and I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of folks. So tell us a little bit about GovCon Giants. How are you serving folks? Yeah, GovCon Giants is a national organization. Uh, we actually recently became a nonprofit where we provide training resources for free online, helping small businesses win large contracts. Uh, So we've been doing that for five years now. We've successfully helped hundreds of companies land contracts and thousands of businesses get registered to start partaking in the $600 billion U.S. federal government contract marketplace. So now a lot of folks um, don't include the government um, as part of their prospecting. They think, oh, I have to get business from another business. Can you explain why it's important to at least consider um, investing some time in trying to get government contracts? Well, I think a lot of times uh, if we if if, depending on how long people are in business, if you go back far enough, you'll see times where the only buyers that existed in the marketplace was the government. And so I uh, fortunately I've had that experience back in my belt where you can go back just to 2008 when the market took a turn and there was no commercial companies that were buying products uh, because everyone was trying to reserve their cash. Uh, the market was kind of shut down. And so it was difficult for businesses to maintain, to stay viable and to stay afloat. And so the only customer that was buying at that time was the U.S. government. So it's almost like I would say, you know, when they tell you to go get a line of credit when you don't need the money. It's the same thing. You want to learn this marketplace when you don't need it, because by the time that you have to have it or that you do need it, it's going to be too late. So now um, is this for only kind of B2B businesses? Is there uh, is it something that you have to be kind of making something in order to be um, a good op- option for the government or can it be a professional service business? Can it be a marketing company? Like what are kind of the sweet spot for government contracts? A great question. We actually, believe it or not, everything that the private sector buys, so does the government, uh, including services, including products. And you do not have to actually manufacture the product in order to sell it to the government. Why? The beautiful thing about going to the government is they have a procurement process And so even the manufacturers themselves, if they're not tied in and they're part of that procurement process, the government cannot buy from them. And that's one of the advantages that I encourage small businesses to pursue is because if you're not in the government's database and you're not a registered vendor, registered supplier, it doesn't matter what product that you make or manufacture, they cannot buy from you. And because of the bureaucracy and that system, it creates an opportunity for those small businesses that are nimble, that are swift, that have the opportunity to learn this marketplace to then, right, create somewhat of a margin for themselves of reselling that product to the government. 
Now, when you're saying government, um, are you kind of discerning between state government, local government, federal government, or are they all kind of the government, or does each one have its own kind of, um, you know, bureaucracy and strategy to get on their radar? Yeah. Uh, When I refer to government, I teach federal contracting. So I'm at the highest level. Uh, So when you think about, for example, the national parks, you think about the Navy, the Army, right? Those are the agencies that I target, Health and Human Services. Uh, I do not target state and local. So they are all unique in how you approach them in terms of strategy. But I target the federal government contracting arena because particularly if you're selling a product, if you're selling a product, right, this particular customer regardless of what state they're operating in, they still follow the same set of procurement guidelines and rules. And so that makes it really easy for a small company that doesn't have a lot of bandwidth. You don't have to learn four or five different sets of rules. So if you learn the federal government, how they operate and the rules in which to navigate and play in that marketplace, you can apply that to selling to Colorado, Texas, Oregon, because as long as it's a federal agency, it doesn't matter where they operate, they follow the same guidelines. Now, um, when you're dealing with the government, I've heard some stories where it's so complicated. There's so many forms and you miss one form, then they're, you know, then they kick the whole thing back. You got to start again. They ask for so much information that to you might seem irrelevant that, you know, why do they care about this thing? And now I got to find that thing. And, and I'm going to, it's going to be a full-time job just to put my name in the hat. Um, is that accurate or is that a myth? Like, um, how does it work? No, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) I would hate to say it's a myth. It's pretty accurate. Uh, you do have to go through an extensive process up front in order to qualify. Right. And so that's, that's one of those barriers to entry that keeps a lot of people out, but that also creates a unique opportunity for those, the persons who do learn how to navigate that, right. To, essentially make everyone else their workers and their subcontractors. So yes, there is, uh, and again, I just had this conversation with someone this morning, there is those barriers to entry up front, which is part of the difficulty. But once you get past them, the opportunity on the other side is endless. So you're saying that it's an investment worth making. It's an investment worth making. Absolutely. Now, is it something that I can just go, you know what? I'm just going to pay someone to do all that for me. Can I do that? Or is this something that um, I, I have to hire a consultant? They're going to tell me what to do, but I still, I can't get around not doing it. I can't pay someone to do this for you me. Can, you can pay. There are companies out there that you can pay to help you with the registration process. Absolutely. Um, we know of companies that we recommend to help you with that registration process. If it's on the federal side, we can help you with the registration process at GovCon Giants. Uh, we do have a for-profit arm that helps companies uh, with proposal writing, business development. Uh, we also do training, coaching, counseling uh, that is on a for-profit side. So we do offer those services for companies that want it. And for me, I always say it just depends on whether you have more time than money or money than time. Uh, in our videos and our trainings, we teach you how to navigate that. So it just depends. Uh, do you have more time than money and you want to pay for it? But we're still going to need your information at the end of the day. 
So I'm going to need to know your revenues, maybe know your sales, how many employees you have, who's the point of contact. So you're still going to have to give me all of that information to populate into the database. So it just depends on uh, how much handholding you need versus how much you actually want to spend. So like how much time are we talking about? Is this something I can knock out in an afternoon? Is this a weekend or is this kind of you what I'll get, be doing next wanna, this summer? Okay. If you want to just get registered in the government database at the federal level, you can probably do it in a few days. And then what's some of the, the information that is that I'm going to have to to get ready to begin this process? Like what, what are some of those all the paperwork I'm going to need in a pile to make my life easier when I'm going through the process. The initial registration, they're not actually checking any paperwork, right? So the initial registration, uh, they're forms that you fill out complete. And then you tell them, right, your revenues, your sales, your bonding, your past experiences you go through. And so there's just, it's just a bunch of uh, pages that you click through and it's probably, I don't know, somewhere 75 different screens that you've got to check boxes and acknowledge. Like, for example, are you a felon? Have you ever filed bankruptcy? Those kind of questions. Do you operate in a foreign country? Like uh, how, what percentage of owners, you know, uh, own the company and their shares? Like different questions along that. So just there are standard questions about your business that you, the owner, you probably know anyways. And also, unless you're a really large company entity that's composed of multiple shareholders, it should be pretty straightforward questions that you know just like right off the top of your head. So if I do that, so I'm registered, is that yes. the end or now how do I just kind of apply for one of these opportunities? So now that you're registered, then you can apply for opportunities. So at that point, uh, and that registration is through a website called sam.gov. So that's separate. So I, I register on one website and then I go to sam.gov when I fully registered and do they give me a number or something? There's some proof that I registered. So now what they've done is they've actually done a good job of consolidating everything. So your registration and the search is on the same website, sam.gov. So you no longer have to switch between websites and databases. It's all populated in one field. So the same place that you register and update your entity information, that's the exact same place that you now search for upcoming opportunities, solicitations, RFPs, RFQs. So then when I do, when I'm ready for that stage, I, um, there's going to be more forms, I'm sure, right? There's not, no, <laughs> no more forms. No. I just say, yeah, well, I'm in. You, me. You, once you're registered, <laughs> there's no more forms, right? They just tell you what opportunities come, come out. To respond, yes, you're going to have to mm -hmm. submit forms to respond to them, correct? Okay, so I go on there and I say, how do I even, is there a search? Do I go, okay, yeah. I'm a marketing person, or for me, I produce uh, radio shows and podcasts, do I just right. search for that? And then they'll yes. say, here, the Department yes. of the Forestry wants help in making a podcast. Yes, correct. That's exactly how it is. <laughs> That's a, how it is. <laughs> no, it's exactly how it is, Lee. You literally can type in the word <laughs> podcast into the search bar, and it will populate all of the current contracts or solicitations looking for podcasts, as well as past awards that have the word podcast in the description. And then so you just and you they're going to ask, aren't they going to ask for kind of specific things? 
Um, so again, we're talking about the search now, right? We're at right. the search phase. So I so look up podcasts. So what, like ten things show up for podcasts or a hundred? I have no uh, idea. Well, Lee, I don't know everything, right? Because <laughs> I mean, that, that would mean the government. That database is populated with hundreds of thousands of pieces of data, right? I don't right. know how many going to show podcasts versus construction. But, okay, but it could be just say five show up that okay. um, are kind of in the ballpark of what I do. Right. Because it's not going to be super exact, right? It's going to be kind of like, I'm going to be able to go, yeah, I could probably do that, right? Like, it's not yeah, ever a no, perfect it, match. No, and I'm, 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 that's actually a really, really, really good point. Because I think one of the things that I want everyone to understand is what Lee just pointed out. When you search, it's not going to be exactly what you do. Because it is the government. So, so they may want a podcast, but maybe they want you to record it inside of their government facilities. Right. Or maybe they want you to do it on government equipment or government property because it's proprietary. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's where so maybe it, podcasting, it, but maybe they want you to, to do it at their location or on site or using their equipment or sending your team members to, to record um, a podcast in a foreign country. So it's not going to be like you get to pick how you deliver the service. But but do I even apply to that because it's not an exact match or do I just say, yeah, that's it. I don't but, know what, so what they want. That's a business decision, right? I mean, that that's a business decision for you. Uh, if the opportunity warrants a, for example, uh, I actually did respond to one for podcasting and it was to create a podcast in Alaska that d- discuss the, the natural uh, culture of Alaska. And because a lot of what happens is they're saying that a lot of the, the, the natives in Alaska, they don't have cable, but they do have radio. Right. And so this was to capture that experience and broadcast it through a, a vehicle that they had access to. So you said, okay, I can do that. And then, um, did they, is there a place to like, can I get clarification or ask a question or do I just yes. have to kind of go boldly forward and just guess to the best of my ability that I understand oh, what no, they're no. asking for? You, you, you will have the opportunity to ask questions and engage back and forth. Uh, you have to send it in writing. And that way what they do is they will publish a list of all the questions and answers to them publicly so that everyone has access to the same information. So is that your recommendation? If you have questions, uh, Ask the question. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so this sounds like it's not something that is going to solve my financial problems this today or this week. Like this takes some time to go through this process. And the government, uh, the procurement process is really slow. And I always tell people that if you're starting off in government contracting, right. And we're again, I'm referring to federal. Uh, I would expect at least one year before you land something. So you're going to have to do a lot of legwork and apply for a lot of things in the hopes that a year later, something might actually happen. Yes. And that's, again, if you're doing it on your own, right? If you, that, that, you can accelerate that with a mentor or with a coach. But yes, I would plan for at least one year just because the procurement cycles, right? For example, we're in June. The government's fiscal cycle closes in September. So they already have... For the most part, most the the, the 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 contractors and the vendors that they want to use to close out the year. Now, um, if I am a minority or a woman, a veteran, are there certain kind of I don't want to say advantages, but maybe I get to check different boxes that make me more attractive as a vendor? 
Yes, they do exist. In the federal level, they have small business, they have women, veteran, hub zone, and then they have another designation, 8A, which stands for a socioeconomic disadvantage, economically disadvantaged persons. Yes. So that's just, I get a different, you know, I get to check a different box or I get to add a different number. I, I, I have to be registered in that group too, to prove that I really am what I say I am. To, to qualify for those opportunities. Yes. You have to be registered, but not only registered, you actually have to become certified. So the registration that I initially mentioned is self-registration. These other processes require certification. So you have to actually get approved. So that's another series of steps to, to check those boxes. Is there an order? Do it, should I get certified before I get registered or does it matter? No, no, no. Because remember, you're getting registered just to qualify and be eligible to participate. So you would a register first. Just allow you to check different boxes. Okay. It doesn't make you not, that doesn't make you ineligible to participate. So now you mentioned a mentor. Um, is that part of the service you're offering uh, on your we nonprofit side or is that the for-profit side? Yeah, right now we do that on the for-profit side. So a mentor is one of the services you offer. Yes, but before you reach out to me, uh, the government themselves with our taxpayer dollars offers coaching services. Now it's very limited, but it's a great place to start for someone who's never ever done this before, right? For free, uh, you can reach out to an organization called PTAC. PTAC, can do PTAC, Procurement P- Technical Assistance Centers. Right. They're normally associated with universities and they're normally in major cities throughout the U.S. And you can reach out to them and they can help you with a lot of this initial upfront legwork when you're first getting started. And I encourage everyone to start there even before you come to me. So that'll answer some of the basic questions and it might yes. weed out the people that are like, ah, oh, this is too hard. Yes, exactly. Right. I don't want to do that work. So let PTAC do it. <laughs> right. then- <laughs> no, that makes sense. Cause it, look, cause when you're, when you start pulling on this thread, it's, it's a long way to the finish line. It's a long way. It's a long way. And, and why not take advantage of a service that's already exists that we pay for as taxpayers? Right now I mean, to me that, that just, you know, um, the government, to be honest with you, Lee, I think they're doing the best that they know how to try to support us small businesses. We may not uh, know about all the available resources that exist. So that's why I want to make that available first and foremost. And is there one piece of actionable advice? If you were a person that has never done this before, other than go to that uh, PTAC website, is there something that they should be doing to prepare themselves to get a government contract? Uh, well, I do. Um, so in my, I, you know, I recommend, uh, I, I actually written two books, uh, the billion dollar playbook, which is a short book that I wrote literally lists all the other free places or low cost places to access resources to navigate this marketplace. I think it's a $10 buy. Uh, that's something that I recommend to everyone. It's not a book that you read through and learn how to do government contracts. It's a resource guide. Um, it, and so that way, depending upon where you're at in this marketplace, you have an, always have a resource to turn to and they're free and low cost resources. And if somebody wants to learn more about your company, what's the website? GovConGiants.com. That's G O V C O N G I A N T S.com. Yes. 
Well, Eric, thank you so much. It's so much information. I really appreciate you sharing your story and uh, you're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. No, definitely. Uh, I'm, I have a backstory to it and it's my mission and I plan on seeing it through to the end until at least I've helped 500 companies achieve 5 million in revenue. 500 companies, 5 million in revenue. Well, have, where are you at now? Where, what's the scorecard? Uh, well, <laughs> all right. On your way. Every big business starts small. You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. Thanks, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on South Florida Business Radio. 